Hey there, everybody. This is the self-described cybersecurity graybeard once again. I'm going to continue my last conversation where I went over uh, technologies and cybersecurity. I have five more that I'm going to discuss today. And real quickly, they're going to be the proxy and network address translation, multi-factor authentication, mobile device management, asset management, and patch management. Uh, since the last conversation discussion went much longer than normal. I'm going to try and keep this to the 10 minutes and those will be the five that I cover. Before I get to that though, I wanted to go ahead and thank everybody for joining and welcome folks from new countries. This is really amazing. Uh, England, Saudi Arabia, um, again Australia is back, uh, New Zealand, and all around the United States, Wisconsin, California, Texas, New Jersey. So thank you all very much. Uh, please feel free to visit my website, cybergraybeard.com, a little bit about me. Uh, my email address, cybergraybeard at gmail.com. Uh, again, please share, post. Uh, obviously, it's uh, starting to take off. I have more people watching both on YouTube as well as on the podcast, which is actually becoming a bit more popular. And that makes some sense. This is really audio. There's not a lot of video other than staring at me. So uh, if you're interested, just check out the podcast. It's pretty much everywhere now. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started. Again, I'm going to help out, uh, hopefully help out early professional students and individuals that are changing jobs. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about these five securities that I just mentioned a moment ago. And I'm going to explain in detail what the technologies are and the types of jobs you can get. And this all bounces back to finding what you love to do and finding a way to make money at it. Cybersecurity has a lot of different areas, and I cover two that are very important today. They're all important, but two really in particular, which will be the last two today, the asset management and the patch management. But to go ahead and start, I'm going to talk about um, proxy servers and network address translation. A proxy is a device that acts on behalf of another. Um, proxy servers, they're a fairly simple intermediary mechanism between a computer with a private IP address and another server on the Internet. And that comes from RJ Prego, five reasons a company should use proxy servers. This is another older technology. Proxies have been around for decades. And the idea really has to do with hiding individuals on the back end. So um, when you're out on the internet, they don't see your specific IP address. And that's where NAT or network address translation comes in. So a good example is the computer that I'm on right now uses an IP address 192.168x.y. But out on the internet, that 192.168 won't work because it is unroutable based off of RFC 1918, request for comment 1918, you can look that up. There are certain networks that are in that area that won't route. So because the IP address on the back end is not routable, it needs to be translated into an IP address that is routable, and that's where NAT comes in. It, number one, allows organizations to use a lot more IP addresses than they normally would because there is a limit of how many IPs can be on the internet, basically. Um, it has to do with uh, you know the, the square the two and you know the bits and the bytes. I don't want to get too technical on that, but there's a finite number. It's around four billion IP addresses. So we use private IPs on the back end. We translate them. Um, proxy servers do that. Other devices do it as well. Uh, proxy servers though also are utilized for um, organizations to block and or track where folks go. And it's not just with web servers. Usually it is. Um, however, if they want to block or obfuscate. Uh, 
email servers and things like that. If you're forced to go through a proxy, then that device can determine what is green, what's red, what's permitted, what's deni denied, um, as you will. So individuals that work on proxy servers, again, are going to be in the network engineering area. They may be in the security. Blue Coat is a very popular proxy server today, and I know a number of organizations, IT security team, the same people that are looking at the SIM, the security incident and event management tool or security intelligence or security information, depending on who wrote the acronym and what you're talking about. I'll get into that in the next session. But proxy servers are very good tools. They're very powerful, and it's a good way to protect the organization as well as to track and see where they're going and to block them. It's a way to keep people from going to command and control sites unbeknownst to them or nefarious websites. So proxy servers are very relevant, very prevalent, uh, and very important. So if that's something that interests you, security analysts, network engineers, they're the jobs that focus on that. The next one is multi-factor authentication, MFA. 2FA, two-factor authentication. There are three parts of multi-factor authentication. Who you are, what you know, what you have. Who you are, biometrics. Your retina scan, face scan, thumbprint, fingerprint. That's about you and it's pretty much immutable uh, unless somebody gets it, breaks it down, turns it into a hash, steals the hash. That's another talk for another time. However, for the most part, who you are is a fingerprint. What you have is a device, so my Samsung Galaxy, here's multi-factor authentication. Thumb or fingerprint, unlocks it, and I'm good to go. You have to have my phone, that's having something, and you have to have my fingerprint. I also have a password, a pin code on it, that's something that I know. So when you talk about your debit card, that's something you have, your pin is something you know, multi-factor authentication. Multi-factor authentication is usually handled by administrators. There are tools out there. Ping ID, I believe, is one of them. Um, Okta and single sign-on services. They will track and help set up um, these types of tools for the multi-factor. It's very important. There are ways around it. For example, there's a, a, a hack out there where individuals want to um, get your personal information off of LinkedIn, off of you know cybergraybeard.com. I try and hide things, but it is the, the day of no privacy. So an individual gets my personal information. They can then call whatever carrier that I use, pretend that they're my, my, my pregnant wife with a crying baby and socially engineer out and get my information changed to their phone. Now they could have my, uh, a text ID from my bank, and there's a way to socially engineer and work around multi-factor authentication. Nothing is foolproof. It's just important to utilize technologies to make it harder for the nefarious actors. So again, multi-factor authentication is the second technology of today, and you're going to deal with that as an administrator uh, and in the security realm in general. Next one, MDM, mobile device management. In the world of BYOD, bring your own device, people are taking their phones and their tablets to the office. They're connecting them to the network. Companies have no idea that those devices are out there, and now there is a new attack vector. So what companies are doing is putting mobile device management on sys on devices, laptops, mobile, um, tablet, whatever, and they're not allowing devices that are not controlled by the MDM to uh, get on the network. So my corporation, for example, they say you can either have two phones, Eric, or we're going to control your device, and they say what um, they say what I can and can't do. I'm the only one in my company that I've met that has 
them controlling my phone. That will probably change with my next version. However, I don't like having two phones. Anyway, the long and the short of it is MDM has great control. It can wipe your device. It can track your device. It can do anything. And the idea here is for organizations to protect their environment. So as an attack vector, mobile probably provides direct access to more varied and valuable assets than any other individual attack vector. It's also the weakest link in the security chain, giving attackers access to personally identifiable information, passwords, business and personal email, corporate documents, and access to corporate networks and applications. And that comes from Alexander Sword in his 10 challenges facing enterprise mobility. And the whole idea here is, like I said, it's another attack vector, real problem for companies, so they've implemented the, MF, uh, the, uh, the MDM. So if you want to get involved with this type of technology, again, it's going to be with the administration, um, servers, the application side of the house, as well as network security. Uh, this has a lot to do with uh, the rights and the permissions. So usually your sysadmins and uh, OS guys are going to have that. Then there's two more. Uh, the next is asset management. I had an individual that I mentor who was working in asset management. And he said, I want to get into cybersecurity. And I said, you're already in it. He was shocked. And I said, asset management is the first step to cybersecurity because if you don't know what you have, you don't know what to protect against. A great example of asset management involves somebody taking a Raspberry Pi, connecting it to their network at the office so they can go ahead and do some work, build out a honeypot, do whatever, and then they forget that it's there, they don't unplug it, they don't turn it off. IT doesn't know about it. You now have a new shadow IT device that's out there and you have it unpatched, it gets hacked and you now have a breach because your organization didn't control that port and or know when a new device appeared. Asset management is critical. This is a, uh, a task that could fall to early professionals, it could fall to interns where you need to track down laptops. Large organizations have tens if not hundreds of thousands of employees all with their own devices. They lose track of where the devices are and so they bring folks in to track them down. Um, asset management is also very important with, again, the, the security information and event management tool, the SIM. You can have offenses pop up that talk about a new server has been installed. Uh, so asset management really flows all the way across technologies in cybersecurity from the very beginning to the more advanced and the threat hunting, tier three, tier four folks that are going out and looking for anomalous activity. They need to know about the assets because they have to know what they're looking for. Lateral movement, it's very important to know what your assets are. Otherwise, you could have lateral movement that I've talked about before that will go beyond what you can see because somebody's hitting a system you don't even know about. So now you have a penetration and you're not even aware because you didn't even know the system was on the network. So asset management, very important. Uh, this is also something that will fall under finance. Uh, they need to know what assets are out there for depreciation and for other finance reasons. So this is one of the technologies or one of the security areas that will cross the organization as well. HR is also involved with asset management. When folks are onboarded and offboarded, they need to get the equipment back or to give it out. So asset management, very important and it is definitely a security area. The last one that I'm going to talk about is patch management. Start with another quote. This one is by um, Tom Smith, where he had an article that talked about over 80% of breaches uh, still are a result of poor asset or poor patch management. So he states that while a plethora of security tools uh, that are in use, um, organizations still face a variety of security-related challenges, including coordination of preventative measures between IT security and IT ops, patching security vulnerabilities, prevention of security breaches, and keeping up with evolving regulatory standards. 
patch management, as was stated, 80% of attacks come through because devices aren't patched. Uh, major organizations from the OPM to Target to you name it were breached because they didn't keep up with patches. One of the organizations, I believe it was Equifax actually, they had known for two months about a big problem. They didn't patch it. They got hacked. A hundred plus million people had their data stolen. It was incompetence. It is because they were not following a strict patch management process. You need to know what you have, as I said, with asset management. You need to understand versioning. You need to do version control. You need to patch the systems. It is as simple as downloading software and putting it on the computer. Now you need to go through a change management or change advisory board, a cab, totally legit, but you have to have in the organization a process in place that allows you to get through a cab quickly for urgent issues. Um, with DevOps now, something that I'll probably talk about in the future, with containers, with Kubernetes, it's much easier and much faster to patch with little to no downtime. Hopefully that will help secure the environment. The patch management is critical, along with asset management, knowing what you have, knowing the versioning, and protecting your devices is critical. So that's patch management, and you do that pretty much in all aspects of IT. Uh, the network guys have to patch the routers and the switches. The OS people that are dealing with Linux and Unix, they have to patch their OSs. People that are handling the applications, whether it's Tomcat or Apache or Java, they need to patch it. So this really crosses all of information technology. The teams have to work together. They need to do an agile method so they can prioritize what is more important to get patched this day, this week, this month, and stay up to date on patch management. So... With that long diatribe, I'm still over the 10 minutes. This is a lot of information. I hope it's valuable. Again, I'm the Cybersecurity Graybeard. Check me out at cybergraybeard.com. Spread the word. Post me on your social media. I'd love for more people to hear these. I really hope they're beneficial and have a wonderful weekend.